Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This episode is brought to you by the following patrons. Sunzi, Steph, Holly, Natasha, Laura, Garotica, Vance, Boezy, Jeremy, Ali, Jennifer with the PH, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron, Kristen, Tia, Lauren, Jonathan, Kate, Isaac, and Karoon. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, we'll be hanging out in the Facebook group pretty much every day. So join the Facebook group where we hang out. I think the most interesting thing about this movie is it has a two-hour runtime, and within that two-hour runtime, there are five movies that are all two hours long. Yes, somehow, right? <laughs> I don't know how they did that. It's a time loop. I'm 100 years old now. I love it. <laughs> One minute here is 20 minutes on Earth. Now, this is obviously an interstellar reference. I have not seen Interstellar, so I have no idea. I threw up three times watching Interstellar. Good night. Wait, why? No reason that is movie related. I was just very okay, sick. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, yeah, time dilation is weird, but I wouldn't throw <laughs> up about it. Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Hold horror. On. That was aggressive. Wait, what? That was too aggressive. I'm Mikey. And I'm your less aggressive Horror Virgin, Todd, <laughs> which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me want Watch them, and this week we were gonna have a special guest and be doing a movie that A24 put out, right? Yes, yeah. It comes at night, yeah, and we had to move that guest to later in, maybe even beginning of next month, right? So that freed up an extra episode during Stephen King month for us to do Creep, creep Show. Yeah, we're doing Creep Show, but we're sorry we lied to you, but also it's our podcast, so. <laughs> Nobody lied. Just yeah, schedules lie had to, to be changed. Yeah, that's right. Nobody did lie. I'm glad we're all on the same page. <laughs> okay. I'm glad we got our story straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the pocket of Big Creep Show. Oh, so you <laughs> love this movie is what you're saying. I enjoyed this movie today. I had a good time. I watched this movie a ton as a child. Oh, did a you? A ton. Okay. Yes. To the point where I was like passively watching it. Like the thing about this movie as a child is I like three segments and then I would zone out and play with toys during the rest of it. I was going to sure. say it's much better if you're focusing on your Legos and not the movie itself. The Stephen King one where he is <laughs> killed by Moss. <laughs> that would be a zone out one for me personally. <laughs> I think, Mikey, you would classify that as a monster. A monster. A monster. Yeah. Nailed it. I'm coming <laughs> with love the puns that. today. I love that. 
the most surprising part is I think I would have liked to see a real movie where Leslie Nielsen was a villain. I think Fuck. he did that well. Dude, He's so good too. as a villain. That actually movie. is the only one that like creeped me out. Like I, I was like, I'm here for a whole movie about this man. The end of it, I think, shit the bed a little bit. In my opinion, it went really 50s Twilight Zoney at the end. But yeah. up until the turn where they come back as like fish or whatever, like it was so creepy. There is an alternate end. Oh, was there? There's an alternate ending. I'll, I'll burn a fun fact right now because I do think the alternate ending is really interesting. So he calls the police in the alternate ending and they come by to be like, who is invading your beach house? Um, but they laugh it off. And he's like, no, no, no. I have it on video and goes to play the tapes. But instead, the television plays the incriminating conversation with Harry oh. before and during his burial by sea. That would be so the, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the wrong tape. And the police are like, oh, it's the right tape after all. And they take him in and arrest him. And from there, it goes to his murder trial where he's convicted and sentenced to death row. And it basically plays through his, his like death penalty. Like he ends up in the gas chamber. And that's when he says, I can hold my breath for a long, long time. So that was the alternate ending. Way better ending. Yeah, that was a way better ending. But that was really the only one I thought was creepy. This is clearly the first time I ever saw this movie. And if you look at it like it's a funny look at like 50s horror. Which I think it's supposed to be. Like sure. a 50s comic. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. they nailed it. It is like campy, silly. It's not really scary. I did jump a few times, but like it's not scary, scary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I grew up in an Ed Harris world. I've always known him as Ed Harris, but he had none. And now right. he's not Ed Hairless. And I was yeah, here yeah. for it. It did look like he was Bad. hanging on to a myth that was once his hair. But <laughs> I was here for it. I'm here for Hairless Ed Harris. Oh, I, dude, Crimson Tide? That's Ed Harris, right? Shaved head Ed Harris? I'm not yep. a war so movie person, but Hairless Ed Harris, for me, he can he can get it sometimes. But to, in this one, no. <laughs> no. Well, I think that hair like really weighs down his response capabilities because he <laughs> literally saw that tombstone fall on him for seven minutes reflexes reflexes with the word i was looking for i podcast thank you yes <laughs> i stupid dumb <laughs> this is the first time i ever saw this um but Same. i love old twilight zone like love it it, and even today, love it. I think that there is a shocking amount of Twilight Zone that holds the fuck up. And if you don't believe me, go watch some old Twilight Zone. And this kind of felt like that, but like a less good version of it. <laughs> but even so, I was like, I'm here for it. Like, I'm here for an anthology. Let's go. I just think this leaned a little too hard on the zombies. Yeah, there's a lot of zombies in They're this. Like, you know what this sketch needs? Some zombies. Now, I love a good Sasquatch in a box. Love it. Yeah, of course. Sasquatch in a box. Sasquatch in a box, Professor. <laughs> Every other one was like. Sasquatch <laughs> in a box, yeah. <laughs> see, I was enough to know when a box needs feeding. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> the sketch was like, let's just end it with the zombie coming up. I got to be honest with you. When I first saw the, what are we going to call that? The chest burster that came out of the actual chest, not someone's chest. Right, right. That thing, when I saw it the first time, I laughed out loud. I literally went, oh. I was like, oh, <laughs> mean Harry and the Hendersons. I was yeah. like, I would like have that as a stuffed animal. It's adorable. This is definitely Absolutely. like horror light for sure. Oh, yeah. But then I watched 
watch the Twilight Zone movie like right after it and be like, it's the same thing. And the Twilight Zone movie scared the shit out of me as a child. Oh, oh did it? Yes. yes. Did this scare you as a child, Mikey? No. Okay. Yeah. But it was like they played together because they have a similar kind of vibe. Sure. And then one is just way scarier and darker than the other. Well, and, and Twilight Zone itself is scarier and darker, but it's yes. also very Twilight Zone is very intellectual in a way where even like even when it's kind of goofy, it's trying to make some sort of point. And there's a lot of like political undertones to Twilight Zone. It is wild. Watch Twilight Zone. And that's why a lot of people compare Twilight Zone to like Black Mirror or like that Black yes. Mirror is sort of a spiritual sequel of Twilight Zone. Yeah, and yeah I absolutely. Honestly, have seen one episode of Black Mirror. It scared the fuck out of me and i never watched the series again so mm. like i am not speaking from a place of actual authority i've just seen people online say that <laughs> it's it gets dark it's just it's very sure. dark and I, depending on how i'm doing emotionally it's either reruns of kitchen nightmares or horror movies and then like black mirror goes darker than most horror movies <laughs> I will okay. say, so previously, Tower of Terror at Disneyland used to be Twilight Zone themed. Yeah, I wrote it like that. Yeah, and I have written it like that too. But then this week, I wrote the Tower of Terror in Tokyo Disney Sea, and uh, it is the Harrison Hightower Mansion, and it's a completely different non-Twilight Zone story. And we were not ready for that. We were like, what is happening? And it's basically a guy collecting artifacts from ancient cultures. And one of them gets mad at him and does some sort of haunting thing. We don't know. It was all in Japanese. But essentially, like... <laughs> we were all expecting Twilight Zone. It was not that. And then we got up into the elevator... And a very small artifact man with scary teeth yelled at us in Japanese, and then the elevator fell, and that's all we knew. That sounds terrifying. That it was pretty fun. Really does sound terrifying. <laughs> I would have fucking my, lost my mind. My, I was scared my, of hearing that story. My friend that was on the, the ride with me, it was it was me, him and his wife, and he turned to me as we were about to fall, and he was like, Honestly, the Japanese is making it scarier. And I was like, Yeah, kinda. Yes, it, yeah, it's got real Ringu vibe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. But you know what? The music at Tokyo Sea fucking slaps. We're still singing it. It's been stuck in our head for days. They know what they're doing. Yeah. I also love that this movie starts almost exactly like the music video from We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister. <laughs> Except but with Tom Atkins as an yes, abusive yes, father. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And it's about comic books, not music. But it's like the same. We're not gonna read it. No, we we're not gonna, gonna read it. it. We paid for a movie. Show us flicks. Down, down, down. But but also when I think mildly abusive father, I do think Tom Atkins. <laughs> Perfect casting. Yeah. I think of Tom Atkins at the phone booth with the beer on top of the phone booth. <laughs> Calling to bail on his children and then go drive drunk in Halloween 3. Perfect it is an iconic scene of That's what so fatherhood good. was in oh. the early 80s. God, oh. I wish he was my father. My mildly abusive father. <laughs> At least he called. <laughs> well, do you guys want to talk about this movie scene by vignette scene? Yeah, I think we can yada yada some of it. They talk yeah. some 
and my ADHD kind of kicked in. Mikey, I'll be honest with you. This movie, like the runtime is two hours. It took me two and a half hours to watch it because I kept Twilight zoning out and I had to rewind it to like, okay, he just said the title of this vignette and I have no idea what led up to that. Let me rewind it. Like that, I had to do that so much. This is summer vacation, like Paige on a trip. I'm going to take a trip. We're like doing this. We're like trying to do everything. Like summer vacation podcast is a little different than like, you know, like schools in session podcast you know what I'm saying? oh i can't wait till we get schools in session mikey i'm looking forward oh, to that yeah. that'll be a yeah. first i can't I'm wait i'm saying <laughs> i don't confidently remember any details to argue about them with anyone i know sometimes <laughs> it gets cut but sometimes we argue about dumb stuff t- to each other because we know each other too well yeah and i won't even be able to do that there are some places where i'm gonna make educated guesses because i don't know what day or time it is now i will say <laughs> that creep show two they made a sequel they, there's three and what there's a series on shutter also creep show yes. oh wow okay which is good actually but like okay. this it's not bad i kind of like this page you don't have to tell me yeah the sequels are good i get it so they had vignettes rejected from this one that end up in two the tar on the lake that ate the kids scared me as a kid i think that oh, was creep is that show creep show too okay because it's not this I thought we did a movie with vignettes. We did. It's called you did VHS. VHS. Yeah. That's the only one in the history of the whole podcast. Yeah. Because I wasn't on that one. I thought we did an old one. I thought we did Creep Show 2. Uh, maybe no. I just watched Creep Show 2. Mikey literally came to see me at work today because I had a check for him. <laughs> and we looked to make sure we had not done Creep Show. And we looked, Mikey. You saw that we had not, like this morning. You guys did House 2. So Creep Show 2 is the one I watched a lot. It is scarier. Okay. I sort of dug how in between each vignette, like, repositions it as you're reading a comic. You're reading a comic. I loved that. I thought that shit was cool. And especially for the time in the 80s, the transitions between the live, like, footage and the, like, art of the comic book, loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Even when they did it where they would, like, pull a section out and make it, like, a a cell, like a comic book cell. I was here for that. Or a panel, I guess is the right word. Yeah, but but very stylized with like borders. Yeah, and yeah I thought that was cool. I dug shit. it. Yeah, I was here for that all day long. I dug it. Do they have that in your precious creep show too, Mikey? Yeah, it's got more oh, of that, good. but it's better. Okay, cool. Well, maybe well, we what? should do Creep Show Two for sequel month. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad they kept the aesthetic. That makes me happy. Actually, yeah, yeah I think that's cool. Anyway, so we're gonna dive in. So we open on a house where we hear an angry dad being like, where'd you buy this crap? I don't want you reading this crap, this rotten crap. Who sells it to you? Who buys it for you? And I was just like, wow, (laughs) this is intense. Like what book could make someone this mad? It's Twisted Sisters. We're not going to take it, Paige. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) I do like that the kid was like, it's not any worse than the magazines you have under your underwear in your underwear drawer. I loved it. And then he gets madder because he's like, not only are you reading trash, but you're a little snoop as well. And I was like, wow, okay. But then he hits him and I'm like, no. Dude, well, no Tom Atkins. I know. Bad Tom Atkins. Bad Tom Atkins. No, you gotta hit that kid harder. <laughs> no. When he does a reverse shot and it reveals the kid, he does have a handprint on his <laughs> hand face. Print. Which they did in makeup. Like it's not raised for like sure, he actually. For sure. But it does it made me laugh a little bit. I was like, oh, that's dark. You and should, they're leaning I into mean, it. It's 
real dark. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean, it is the 80s where they're just like, he's just teaching him a lesson. Oh, and yeah. now we're like, that is trauma. <laughs> I'm sure my stepdad, my first stepdad, I should say, because the the one now is great. But my first stepdad, he was this kind of person. I hated him. He would have watched this and been like, yeah, damn right. When someone walks into my office and uses the phrase, my first stepdad, I just think moneymaker. Oh. <laughs> Therapy joke. Sorry. I don't mean that. <laughs> it's not my fault, my mom. It's a joke, Todd. I don't want to do your therapy. <laughs> anyway, he goes to throw the mag the, the comic book away. The part that I really actually I, I didn't like that he hit the kid, obviously. Clearly. Uh, but I also didn't like how scared the mom seems. I was like, I don't think he just hits that kid. Like I think he hits everybody. That's just the 80s, that I is think. the eighties. I have to assume it was terrifying for anyone that wasn't a white man in the 80s. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> like, there's nothing to add to that. It's just a sad, yeah. And yeah. then we get back into it. Also, did you think, and maybe this was just my theory, because he's downstairs, Tom Atkins is downstairs with the mom, and he's just, and she's like, maybe you're a little bit hard on him. And I was like, she bought the comic. Like, you know it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because she's not a monster and it's a creep right. show comic. <laughs> like the dad's just an asshole. Like, yeah, yeah, the mom's a good person is what you just said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor mom. Uh, I, I felt so bad for her and, yeah. and the kid, obviously. It's a shame she probably couldn't legally have a bank account until like a year before this movie came out. Uh, it's it's a few more years before that. Is it's, it? it's a bit, but yeah, oh. like, no, 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 no. As in this movie happened, they, they would have had their own bank accounts for like five, six years. Okay. But still, five or six years like <laughs> yeah it's not a long fuck. time yeah okay sorry a lot of people still didn't um oh, jesus hey there are people today who who think that if you're married you shouldn't and i'm here to tell you you should just you know think about it as someone who has been unsuccessfully married we both kept we had a joint account but we both kept our own accounts as well mm -hmm. anyway uh he throws it into the trash can outside and the kid is upstairs just like you motherfucker like, <laughs> i hope you rot in hell he's like i hope d snyder comes in here and kicks your ass dad <laughs> We've got a ghostly guy with <laughs> a finger pointing here and yeah, like essentially that's what happened. A ghost, an animated ghost rises from the trash can to introduce the film. Not like animated, like lots of facial expressions, but like no, no, like drawn, drawn animation. <laughs> Not Jim Carrey the ghost. <laughs> I do before we leave this vignette do need to say that we're not going to take it didn't come out until 1984 and there's no way they didn't rip off this movie in making that music video I am I not even that. joking so this is much. an actual allegation D Snyder I loved your music but like, just admit it. You like stole the beginning of this music. Yeah, you video. fucked yeah. it up. Yeah, you yeah, stole yeah, it. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an homage or whatever. Like, just admit <laughs> yeah. it, D. It's fine. D. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. So uh, <laughs> we get the credits and it's it's a who's who of horror people and just popular actors at the time. And Tom Savini. Yes. Love some Tom Savini. Yeah. And he did all the effects in this, which look solid for 82. Oh, yeah. For 82. Mm -hmm. This looks great. Savini knew what he was doing. Except the Sasquatch. No. How dare you talk shit about my favorite <laughs> stuffed animal in this movie? I love that. <laughs> I just pretend that he was cut in half by a magician and taped in that box. <laughs> I, well, I wish he would have stayed more in the box. We were only seeing eyes, teeth, and claws 
I think that would have been a little bit better than the few times we see Oof, more than that. Disagree. I want to see a man in a stuffed animal suit. I loved it. Show me that Sasquatch dick is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, we got a Facebook group for you, buddy. I don't want to fuck it. I just think it was funny, Mikey. You know what they say about big feet? <laughs> <laughs> Never photographed. <laughs> anyway, this is, this is also where we find out that Stephen King is both in the movie and wrote the movie. And wrote all the vignettes, I should say. And this is before Maximum Overdrive, right? It is, but it is peak cocaine era. <laughs> yeah, I just want us to know that we're leading to it. This is the <laughs> yeah, kind yeah, of things yeah. you can expect. Yeah, I think Maximum Overdrive was 86. This is four years yeah. before that. This is like the first line or two, and then Maximum Overdrive is like rail seven or something <laughs> like that. Anyway, we open on the first vignette, Father's Day, where a bunch of rich assholes are having tea. Uh, and... As they're having tea, they're like, here's the story of our great aunt who murdered her father. And we get kind of some, you know, cuts back and forth between the great aunt driving there and some of the information about the father who turned who seemed to be a real mean old rich man uh, and murdered or had the aunt's husband, boyfriend, whatever murdered. I think it was late in life male suitor. First yes. off, let's talk about this. We all want cake. And that's just yes. something that needs to be said. And I would have killed my family if they didn't give me a cake on this day. Okay, now I'm not on board. Yeah. I, and, well, And like yelling at people about cake, as much as I love cake, it seems out of line. Yeah, what are you, Marie Antoinette? Yeah. Like, get over it, bro. Uh, no. It's his Father's Day at their big house with his money, and they're going to be in the kitchen making the cake because they forgot right in front of him? I'd be throwing a fit, too. It's not because they forgot. She's just making the cake. It's on the day, and he's just like, not happening fast enough, bitch. Like, it's no. I think we need some more context in this flashback because I think it was at dinner time. They were at the <laughs> dinner table. I love that Mikey's take on all of this is, do we really have enough information? Like, maybe we, uh, they're terrible and the dad was just having a bad day. I just want to see how it plays out with the jury. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, this is how I know that you've never made a cake because it takes Hours. Hours, so, Mikey. Like, you could not, like, oh, we forgot and quickly do one. It takes hours. Hours. But do you know how many canes I've slammed into tables demanding cake? At least three. <laughs> no. That cake looked good, though, until she wrecked it with all that extra frosting. But it was because he kept yelling at her. And if he had just let her finish the cake, he would have had it momentarily. She should have planned ahead. She had to have, Mikey. She's frosting it, which means it was baked and cooled and stacked and frosted and she was just putting his name on it it was going to be ready in seconds and she would have had to have started it earlier in the day there is no way this was last minute here's the thing though he had dementia it doesn't say <laughs> that he had dementia it just says he was old and cruel I, think, I just think we need more context I, <laughs> I don't need any more context I feel like I'm in the most modern remake of 12 angry men about the stupidest case I've ever seen I thought you said you weren't going to argue about stupid shit today I am taking the dumbest stances throughout the whole episode what I don't have the patience now? or emotional fortitude for that today what about the Sasquatch who put them in the box society <laughs> no it was the people on the Arctic expedition you wait your turn till we get there Sasquatch yeah. that's like three vignettes away from here it's a squatch in a box Ooh. seriously seriously podcast time all right let's talk focus oh, up guys good. everyone focus I'm up 
Focus up, chat. This is the most boring of the vignettes. Oh, so hardcore disagree. Yeah, I disagree. I, I think there are more boring vignettes. I think the bugs is more boring, but also yeah. I don't like bugs. So I think that's part of it for me. I don't like bugs either. That one did freak me out, but ugh. I think the bugs is interesting because I was like, what's his deal in that apartment? Like, this is like a He's Gordon Gecko with roaches. Yeah, he's Scrooge. He's Scrooge with roaches. He's Scrooge. Yeah. Yeah. He's Scrooge if Tiny Tim shot himself and he's like i don't care roaches i mean that is what <laughs> mikey you're laughing but that is 1000 percent what happens in that vignette which also we will get to in like three or four vignettes okay i was trying to add some serious criticism <laughs> you know when mikey gives us his serious takes every episode his serious take yeah. this is boring wow nuanced <laughs> opinion that's why they pay me the big bucks Wait, you guys are getting paid? Freddie <laughs> <Yeah. Sorry. laughs> Prince loves this podcast. <laughs> anyway, it, it does say that he had had a stroke, but still. Whoa, okay, wait, okay. Well, no, that definitely affected cognitive functioning. <laughs> sure. It's still not okay to yell at people about cake. Did Aaron Sorkin write this episode? Are you guys going to walk around your apartments talking to each other? Like, we cannot 12 angry men this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and you know you know Aaron Sorkin would write the remake. You know it the would be Sorkin. The best part is the fact that he had a stroke went right over my head. Didn't know until Paige brought it up. <laughs> really? So what you're saying, Paige, is Mikey is right. Like he wasn't fully aware of what was going on because of the stroke. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's what I'm saying. If you're going to murder a person who is mistreating you and you live in a giant mansion, A, there's definitely guns on the wall. That's the kind of mansion this is. Yeah. Secondly, poison the damn cake. Well, then you ruin the whole cake for everybody else. Yeah. Why don't you just cut off a slice and poison that slice? I mean, that's tough to do. But also, she might have <laughs> thrown her back out with that ashtray nonsense. <laughs> God damn, the fact that they still use that ashtray. They, like, show it to Ed Hairless, and he's, like, li like smoking into the ashtray that was the murder weapon. That would be like me driving around in the truck that my brother died in. Like, that's insane. I've definitely probably touched a murder weapon at some point, right? Definitely. <laughs> you hear that, Nashville City Metro no, Police? Like, think of all the things we've touched. Something's killed somebody. Maybe. I mean, I can't argue with that logic, but I <laughs> hope it's not true. Sure. I hope it's not true. Uh, I'm going to burn a fun fact. Burn it, baby. That ashtray is in every vignette. Is it really? It, it really is. I'll break it down for you. Yes, I do want to hear it. That's awesome. Uh, so, of course, it's in the first one, right? Uh, and then in the Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill, which is the second one, it's next to the cash box of the Department of Meteors, which we will get to because I have thoughts. Uh, three, and something to tide you over, it's on the nightstand next to Richard's bed. In four, the crate, it's on the writing desk when he writes the letter to Wilma. And five, they're creeping up on you. It's the soap dish when Upson Pratt is washing his hands. Okay. And six, in the wraparound story with Tom Atkins abusing his son, it's on Billy's desk when he starts stabbing the voodoo doll. Naturally, because he had to, it was the 80s. Yeah. So at, Billy, as a 12-year-old, yeah. had been smoking parliaments or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He should have hit him more. Now he's smoking too. Who's buying these for you? <laughs> I learned oh, from, from watching you, you Dad. Dad, yeah. Anyway, every Father's Day since she bludgeoned her dad to death with an ashtray, she comes back to the scene of the crime. And everyone covered for her because it meant that they all got money in the will. Way yeah. to be a cliche. Yeah, I know, right? I'll say this about all that, though, Paige. 
if my like if my parents were super rich and I stood to inherit money and I could also take out one of the inheritors in that process, yeah. I would definitely turn in the person that killed my father so to get a bigger share Their of the share. inheritance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yes, but you would have I would check the life insurance and shit first because sometimes murder means you won't get payouts, but natural death does. Oh shit. I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. So all I'm saying is if you're my relative and somebody kills you, I'm maybe not immediately turning that person in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how this plays out and then, you know, we'll talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to weigh our options. No, I'm, I'll maybe. Anyway, so <laughs> she comes back to the grave and pours a bottle of Jim Beam on it as she's like talking about how angry she was and everything. I wish you would have dropped some like little Debbie's or something on it. Uh, Why? <laughs> for the cake? See, I, <laughs> oh, I like the idea that. The- <laughs> Here's some zebra cakes, old man. <laughs> I like the idea that the Jim Beam brought him back to life. <laughs> oh, I do think the Jim Beam brought him back to life, Paige. I do. He was like, you ain't got anything better than this. I was like, oh, gross. He's clearly rich as shit. I mean, this is pretty much like Downton Abbey West Hamptons. Like, it's like that type of vibe. I I wanted him to, like, pop up and be like, where's my cake and the Lafroy? Like, just (laughs) give me the good shit. (laughs) Anyway, so he pops out and immediately kills her. And everyone else back at the mansion is just like, She's been at that grave a long time. How long does it take to pour one out for the homies? Like, come on. Like, what are we doing here? And we get to see Ed Harris bad dancing. Yeah, we do get to see that. It's awesome. It's it's so bad. (laughs) His best performance. It's so upsetting. I was like, this is negative hot for me right now. (laughs) What's worse, Ed Harris dancing in this movie or... Crispin Glover dancing in Friday the 13th, the final chapter. We haven't even done that. Mikey, we have done that. Oh, no, wait. It, yeah, but you did not do it with me. <laughs> I mean, that's that was fair, pre-me. but Mikey definitely was on that episode. <laughs> I'm going to watch it right now. Yeah, just look, literally type into Google Crispin I, Glover I dance. It, yeah. yeah, it's like everyone knows what I'm talking about, except for the two people I'm on this Zoom call with. Um, I'm going to say I prefer Crispin Glover. <laughs> me too. That man can move. And the way he moves is creepy, but he can do it. It's so crazy. (laughs) That's great. That's, I appreciate. You're welcome. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely better than Ed Harris, who's like looking at his his date with fuck me eyes. And I'm like, no. No. I think they're married. They're married. They are married. You're right. His wife. His wife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This episode already has unhinged vibes and we are one vignette deep. Well, we had more context for the episode. <laughs> what day even is it? <laughs> like, That's fair. Honestly. Anyway, so the cook comes out and is like, should I glaze the ham now? Always or... glaze that ham, baby. Yeah, baby. Glaze it. And they're like, no, because we have to wait for the murderer to get here. And they're like, all right, well, your ham's going to get cold. But if they would have treated the cake that way, everything would have been fine. They would have had to, Mikey. It was already made. Do you not understand how cakes work? I don't think Mikey does. I don't think so. Also, when we went and saw a baseball game in Japan, the team we were we went and saw was the Fighting Hams. That's amazing. And they had all these cheers. It was great. 
Todd, she's allowed to talk about Japan. You're not allowed to talk about Japan. I can't do both of you talking about Japan on the same episode. Well, when I went to Japan, no! I didn't go to a baseball game because that sounds not fun to me. <laughs> it was it was actually fun in a wild way because they had crazy stadium food. Nice. And they had it goes a lot faster than American baseball. Like way faster. Ooh. Okay, so it's, it, I probably would enjoy watching it better. I've been to uh, a bunch of Padres games in San Diego, and the stadium yeah. is just fun. So yeah, like, oh, for I, sure. I would always have a blast, but I would never watch the game. I'm the worst oh. person to go with. I go to the minor league baseball games here all of the, the time. Sounds, me too. I love them. Yes. Yeah. I don't know anything about what happens in those games. We should go catch a game, Mikey. Yeah, they have a mini golf course in on the in the right field. Oh, nice. Yeah. They had a museum at the Tokyo Dome that we went through. Oh, yeah, you have a putt-putt golf thing? Yeah, how great. American. In Japan, we have museums. How about a fucking museum about how the Japanese have been playing baseball since the early 1900s? Uh, anyway... Uh, they had a bunch of <laughs> bands and cheers in the uh, in like the audience, and that was super cool. Yeah, that's but cool. yeah, like the whole thing was like from start to finish was like two hours. That's way faster. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that's way doable. Go fighting hams. <laughs> <laughs> we got to learn some of those songs, Paige. I they were not in English, although all of the scores and the ads were in English, and I was like, pick one. What are we doing? We did end up in a sex shop on accident. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, so did I, Paige. Wink, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> wink, wink. That's what I put pictures of it, of it on uh, Instagram with all the wooden dildos and stuff. Anyway, so Ed <laughs> Harris goes out to look for her and falls into her grave, and then watches the gravestone <laughs> fall over onto him for conservatively really like three slowly. Yeah, it was like Robert Pattinson watching the planes hit the towers. No, That's no. how long it took because the, they fall. You know, you get it? Is Patton no, son. I get it. Yeah, we were saying no because you said the name wrong. <laughs> I thought it was very funny that like he looked up and it moved a little bit and he was like, oh no. And then it cut away to something else. And then when that little scene was over, it cut back and then it fell on him. Yes. And I was like, he had like three minutes to roll away. Like it's so yes. many minutes. Sit it's so crazy. I was like, why does the uncle not like this guy? He's never met him before. He didn't know about the murder. And then is he psychically moving the thing? Why couldn't he just go over and push it over? That would make more <laughs> sense why it took so long. But Mikey, I don't think we have the context to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah, don't really yeah. know if he has psychic powers because like if he did, Get your own damn cake, old man. Yeah. Well, how hilarious would it be if he wasn't even trying to be murdered? The guy, the zombie's just standing there, and then this guy won't move out of the way, and it just accidentally falls, and he's like, <laughs> Yeah, oh shit, and, my but, bad. but because we don't have the context into how the zombie speaks, we don't know that he was saying, Look out! Like, there's a falling gravestone. Anyway. We cut back to the house and they're just like, okay, it's been like too long and now there's multiple people missing. So the mom is like, I'll go. But first she calls the cook and is just like, where's Mrs. Danvers? Like, what's going on? Uh, and lo and behold, Mrs. Danvers, like dead body falls out of the doorway and there's like muddy footsteps. So we know the zombie's inside. Yeah. And the zombie comes up on her and just snaps her neck around. Bro, that shot was so cool too. Because it was like <laughs> a it. full like head to the back. It wasn't just like to the side. It like no. ripped it around. It was wild. He like 
snapped her head off like a soda cap. It was wild. <laughs> it was like she was an owl. Yes. Oh, yeah. Turned yeah, her yeah, head yeah, all the way one. around. Like, who's killing me? <laughs> Who? Trying to think of good spinning metaphors. I'm not doing good. It's like a lazy Susan, but Susan had her head snapped off, Mikey. <laughs> because she was lazy. Yeah. She wouldn't make him cake. Definitely. She wouldn't make him cake. She's just living off his money. And so he lazy Susan'd her head. <laughs> anyway, so now the two helpless rich kids by kids, adults that are children of these rich people are just like, okay, now everyone's gone. Who's going to go out and look for them? But one of them has already had a bottle of champagne. And so champagne. champagne. <laughs> they agree to go together. It's definitely Roman and Shiv. Just like, <laughs> all right, I guess we'll oh, go shit. check on yeah. on Kendall. Where did Kendall yes, go? I it, don't it know. It does have that vibe for sure. <laughs> so they go to the kitchen and they are greeted by the zombie with their mom's head on a platter with frosting on it like a cake. Yeah. And he's just like, happy Father's Day. And I was like, whoa. Da, 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 da. Well, they did feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize this was an episode of Is It Cake? <laughs> Cut it open! Cut it open! Oh, shit, it's not. Oh, this is mom? Oh, Fuck. Oh, damn it. But, like, they're just going to get more money. Yeah, because they won. <laughs> they guessed. <laughs> Sorry about your husband. Uh, a thing fell on him outside. I couldn't stop him because I'm a zombie. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we move on to the next vignette. The lonely death of... Jordy Varel. Stephen King. The Stephen King. Uh, I think this really solidifies for me that his one talent is writing. <laughs> it's not acting or directing. Yeah, I don't think he's going for his EGOT. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, listen, I know a lot of people think that Stephen King can't act, and those people, I will say, are right. He's <laughs> yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It is. Are those fake teeth? I hope they're the fake. front two definitely are. I think they're just like ones they stuck on to make it look more buck toothy. Yes. Anyway, a meteor lands near him and he's like, that's a meteor and goes and pokes at it and is like, ow. And I was like, yeah, it just re-entered Earth's atmosphere, dickbag. Like, of course, <laughs> it's going to be hot. <laughs> like, Oh, my God. He does every stupid thing you do in like yeah. three minutes. I do love that it cuts away to like him daydreaming about like yes. how much money he can sell it for at the university or whatever. And in that dream, he has to haggle. It's a dream. Why it's are you dream? haggling in your dream, sir? <laughs> Not only that, he's just like 200 American dollars. Which page? If you adjust for inflation, that's $628 today. If I find a fucking meteor, it better be like four more zeros yes. after that 628. Yes, you could get more than $630 for it. My favorite is that he's like out back down at the college and he goes and it's just Department of Meteors. Yes. I was like, you're dumb enough to touch a meteor. But you're smart enough to know what the word for the thing that fell from heaven is? Maybe. <laughs> I got this goddamn here space rock. <laughs> exactly. It's worth yes. $200, Todd. <laughs> Which, Mikey, you were on the phone. If you adjust for inflation, that's $628 today. If it's a meteor from space, I'm getting more than $630 for it. Yes. Not me, man. I'm keeping it because that's a keepsake. <laughs> God chose me to get it. God chose me to get it. <laughs> I'm going to carry around in a red rider wheelbarrow. 
<laughs> are you going to charge admission for people to see it? Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Are they? Are I'm going to start a religion? Ooh, religion. <laughs> oh, religion. Yeah. All right. Now we're making the real money. This is why I want to start a nonprofit religion so we can use it as a tax dodge. I can't, in good conscience, agree with that until we find a meteor. <laughs> the spokesperson. <laughs> For my meteor religion with this Ooh. meteor would be Kate Moss. Why? Because her last name is Moss and there's Moss. Oh, I oh because of love the, that we've not gotten, <laughs> we have not gotten to what it. the meteor does that yet. That was amazing. I just, I just thought like your random individual meteor that might not have a Moss thing, but okay. No, that'll be Tom Atkins. He'll be like, you have to touch this meteor. I'm going to punch you in the face, you fucking stupid kid. <laughs> <laughs> I do like how you are an adult man, but when you're talking to Tom Atkins, you want him to refer to you as like you're a child. <laughs> Yeah, I like exactly. that you're like, hey man, I know you're probably retired because you're old and like making movies is strenuous work, but like, do you want to come be the mascot for this meteor religion? Yeah. What are the tenets of your meteor religion? Tenet one, always water the meteor. Always water the meteor. The Chia meteor came down and told me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's merch I want. Is a creep show Chia meteor. <laughs> that we as a species need to... Ch -ch 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 chill out <laughs> god damn you mikey you beautiful bastard <laughs> somebody find me a chia meteor uh <laughs> that's amazing also if you want to grow chest hair mm -hmm. body hair head hair uh -huh. any hair you just rub some meteor and some water right on it I don't think that's exactly how it works because it seems like a creeping disease. No, Paige, that's how I got all of my ch 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 chest hair. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you call my religion a creeping disease? <laughs> <laughs> Tom Atkins will hear about this. <laughs> Father Tom will hear about this. Mikey, you could have chosen anything for your meteor religion it could have been instant instant bonerthon and you still went with chia <laughs> like why <laughs> because it's a moss meteor it's a mossier you have to go chia pet think case moss but covered in moss. Think about it. <laughs> I don't want to. Think Kate Moss, but if she looked like the Grinch, think about it. There, there is a, a heavy Grinch vibe yes. to this costume. And like Tom Atkins, he's a trusted figure. Everybody loved his diet a few years ago. Yeah, the Atkins diet. Yeah. Famous dietitian, actor, Tom Atkins. That's how a bunch of people got gout. <laughs> from the Don't stuff. eat carbs, you stupid fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> Who bought you these carbs? Who told you to eat this rotten shit? It was Ronald <laughs> I found cookies under your underwear in the drawer. Are you saying you're grimaced? <laughs> I'm done. Can we move on to the next vignette? I don't think we, we barely started Stephen King's vignette. Okay. He pours water on the meteor to cool it down. It cracks in half and it has a bunch of blue Gatorade inside it. And then he pours that out onto the ground. This is what happens when mercury is in Gatorade. This is why it's so yes. dangerous. Yeah. That's why it sent it to us. That's why we've been <laughs> warning people. So he's like, I got to get my $200 to pay off that bank loan. But maybe since it's broken in half, they won't be interested. And I was like, dude, it's still from space. Yes. Yeah. But he has another dream sequence where the guy offers him 50 cents. For, no, offers him nothing because it's broken. Yeah. 
you break it, you buy it. Oh, I can't pay for no space meteor. Like, that's basically. <laughs> Does God take change? Does God... <laughs> Who do you pay for a meteor, babe? <laughs> <laughs> Who's like, what purveyor is selling meteors? Well, you guys need to know that this is the origin story for Brondo. Who's Brondo? Brondo is the Gatorade-like substance from Idiocracy. It's what plants need. Am I oh. supposed to be expected to know what Brondo is? I did is? not remember that. Who am I, Dax Shepard? <laughs> I, I have not seen that movie in quite some time. I didn't watch that movie again after we lived this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so there's like a puddle of Gatorade and he takes it inside in a bucket and he's like, maybe I could glue it back together tomorrow morning. He's not smart. If you haven't picked up on the context, he plays it real dumb and he talks to himself a <laughs> he lot. He plays it offensively dumb. He did not have a meteoric rise. No. no. He sits down and as he's watching TV, he realizes that where his fingers touch the meteor, there's things growing out of it. And then yeah. there's things growing on his lawn. They're growing everywhere. And so he goes and literally takes the tallest pitcher I've ever seen of orange juice, pours half a handle of vodka into it, guzzles the entire thing and is just like, that's better. But no, now everywhere the vodka and liquid is touched, things are growing more. So then he goes to the bathroom and he's like, I got to take a bath and wash this stuff off. And in the mirror, he sees someone that's been dead for three years named Eddie that we have no idea who it is or why he's there or any introduction. That was his dad, I think. I think he was saying daddy. I don't know. Or a friend, a caretaker, who knows? But he's been dead for three years. Doesn't matter. And he says, he's like, if you get in that tub, you're dead because it wants water. And he's just like, but the water is glittery and I look like the Grinch. And so he gets in the water. <laughs> we cut to the next morning. And he's 90% water. So he's kind of fucked anyway. Oh, yeah. That's why it was growing so much of him to begin with. Yeah. Uh, but the next morning, he's all plants. Like, he is the ghillie suit from To Catch a Predator. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. And he's like, please, God, let my luck be it just this once. And then blows his shrub off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think blowing his shrub off made me remember when he took his pants off and he goes, "No, not, not there. down there." Yeah, <laughs> no, I I would say he like trimmed his hedge. Oh yes. yeah, yes, they call that gun the weed whacker. <laughs> anyway, we cut to a a weather report that's like it's gonna be green overnight. It's so green, it's miraculous. And as we cut out, we see that everything is turning green because the alien is taking over. Yes, yeah, it's supposed to rain for ten days. Yeah, we cut to the next vignette. We do see the ad for the voodoo doll, but the next vignette is something to tide you over. And Leslie Nielsen shows up at Young Ted Danson's apartment, and God, Young Ted Danson with that hair, he could get it. I tell you what, he got Leslie Nielsen's wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then a bunch of seawater. Anyway, uh, and Leslie Nielsen shows up and is just like, you're fucking my wife. And he's just like, I can bench press 300 pounds. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> that is pretty much actual dialogue word for word. I, I don't think uh, Leslie Nielsen says you're fucking my wife, but it's more or less that. I can also bench press 300 pounds. So <laughs> I thought Mikey was going to say, I can also fuck your wife. <laughs> I'm not saying you want to do the other, but you'll find it out if you join my- your wife is. <laughs> all these answers and more can be yours if you chat. Ch ch choose to join my way of life <laughs> at my religion. Meteor. What's the name of your meteor religion, Mikey? The ch ch, -ch church of the meteor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I definitely would not go with this guy to a second location. 
absolutely or, not. I would not have answered the door. I would have immediately called 911 because I've been like, oh, yes, I'm fucking his wife. I should run and hide or call the police and run and hide. Like, I would have left the door open, I guess, because he's got his foot in the door, but still chained, obviously. This is why you look at the eye hole. You look at the eye hole. Yes, the peephole, yeah. But then I would have called the police and just been like, hey, you should uh, come down here immediately. I've got a backyard now and an alleyway and, like, escape vectors, so, like... Yeah. Yeah, I'm fucking more wise, is all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) And bench-pressing more LBs. Yeah. Yeah. LB is his wife's name. What's up? <laughs> I'll tell you what the best multivitamin is. Sex with your wife. Thanks. <laughs> I'm a Tom Atkins diet. <laughs> I think the reason he goes with him is because he thinks that she's in danger. Oh, that's but again, I'm, yeah. I'm like, you need backup. But he doesn't <laughs> learn any of that until he lets him in his apartment. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the mistake he made, Would right? Would never have happened. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to be empathetic here. But, like, even if he played a tape of her screaming, I'd been like, man, it sounds like your wife's in a tough spot. Yep. Got to download Bumble again. <laughs> <laughs> I think the app you're thinking of is called Stumble for women who look looking to cheat. <laughs> I just been like, there's more fish in the sea because you know he drowned her in the sea. He did drown it, did her? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm unhinged tonight. I'm so sorry. I love it. Mikey never change, never stop, never <laughs> stopping. I have to make it to Taco Bell, so like they're open till one. If this goes till one, we're fucked. <laughs> So he goes with Leslie Nielsen to a second location. Bad idea. Always a bad idea. Yeah. And they drive out to the beach. And at first it makes it look like he's buried his his wife on the beach. That's not what has happened. But instead he has dug a hole and forces Ted Danson inside at gunpoint and buries him up to his neck. Okay. But I have to debate this. I think you can get out of this. Okay. Here was my thinking. And I think Leslie Nielsen kind of alludes to this. And I don't know if this is right scientifically this might be wrong what leslie nielsen was getting at for holding your breath is that i think when the tide comes in it pulls some of that sand out and you might have room to kind of move you like move a little bit every wave right yes that gives you a little more of a gap every time it just takes patience and holding your breath right yes and and i don't know if that's true i don't know either but that is definitely what i got from his character yeah Yeah, i don't know if that's science but that's what's in the movie but i think i think you can like wiggle your fingers and then wiggle your hands and then you get a little momentum and then you can get out yeah i mean you you might be right yeah i don't know i'm willing to try this david blaine style Mikey, I would 1,000% drive with you tonight (laughs) to Alabama Shores to capture video of us trying this. I am not even joking. I'm the one over here that I'm like, don't do this. This might be a way for people to die on accident. Like, don't do that. It definitely is. I'll have my stunt coordinator there, the meteor. (laughs) Anyway, so he buries Ted dancing up to his neck, and then he sets up a TV where, like, with a live feed to watch the man's wife drowning in the same scenario, although she has been buried longer. Yeah. So he then leaves him there and goes to watch on his home TV as seemingly they both drown. At one point, also, Ted Danson does get crabs. Yes. Just a crab yeah, <laughs> near like, his face. Really close to his face, though. Like, very close. See, I would have killed the crab with my teeth and then taken the claw and dug myself out. You would have been crab pickle Mikey instead of like pickle Rick. Yeah, I've done harder things. I 
don't what think could you've be done anything as difficult as only using your mouth to murder a crab and then use its arm to dig yourself out. No. Calculus. No. <laughs> I am a stupid. I would think calculus would be easier to learn than that. I would rather do calculus any day as opposed to mouth murdering an intimidation crab and using its arm to dig myself out of anything. That's not the kind of attitudes I need as leaders in this church. <laughs> I didn't ask to be a leader of your church. I did, though, so I am going to act right from now on. <laughs> You're going to be telling this parable when you go and plant a church Plant a church because it's moss. I get it. I got different. the joke. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm here with you. Yeah. Wait, okay, where are you sending us to plant our respective meteor churches? I do feel like you're in the right place already, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> you think I can combat the vegans? The soil is not ready here, my brothers. Um, should we go deserts or should we go places that already have plants? If we can get this moss to grow in the desert, that's a miracle. Like that, we, yeah, we have yeah, to yeah. shake the meteor up because one side has a screen, a tiny oh screen. My God, I know exactly where you're. I love it. I love it. Keep going. Please don't stop. And the meteor says, Ask again later, Paige. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. A meteor ball. Oh my God. If anyone makes me a meteor eight ball, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We'll accept a meteor ball that is an eight ball at shows. If you make one, we will take it from or you. Or a meteor chia pet. I'll take either. This reminds me of the time when the great Mikey killed a crab with his mouth and <laughs> dug himself out of a sand pit, <laughs> saving his life. Praise to the meteor. It is a parable about persistence and how important it is in our lives. Is it true? Who knows? Does it teach us a valuable lesson? Yes. <laughs> Just like the meteor persisted through our atmosphere to bring us the good news of the Gatorade. So too, should you persist? He will not be planted in one place. Just like the moss of our meteor church. Yes. It breaks apart in the atmosphere of our lives and then plants itself around our globe. And the piece of the meteor, you take it with you. <laughs> we all got crabs here at Meteor Church. Uh, <laughs> the one set of footprints, that's where the meteor was carrying you, Paige. That's when the meteor skippity-dipped across the beach. It's, it's, they only look like it's footprints. It's like a drag mark of a circle. <laughs> And then that one part of the tracks where it looks like a bird attacked the tracks, that's when I killed the crab with my face and then the meteor pulled me out. Because you proved yourself worthy. Oh, God. All I'm saying is we could pretend to believe this and then we'd never have to pay taxes again. We need a meteor first, Todd. So oh, either someone I'll has to make us, us one meteor. or we need to find one. This story is just so relevant to our time. It's ch -ch -ch chilling. No. <laughs> oh. What's the name of us as leaders in your church? Like, you know how some people have like elders, deacons, you know, you're whatever. Rag you're ragoons. <laughs> okay. Because of the crab. <laughs> I got uh -huh. it. Yeah. It's, it's part of the iconicology now. <laughs> <laughs> our holy food is crab rangoon pizza. Uh -huh, it's all uh -huh. like crab stained glass windows and shit. <laughs> Crab and moss and meteors. And lo, he did teareth the claw from the crab. Uh, yeah. yeah. And on the seventh hour, when the tide was its highest, he dug himself out with a real crab. With his fate. Did he dig? <laughs>
<sighs> if we could please turn to Rangoon chapter 6, verse 69. <laughs> Great. Now our baptism is burying people at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> what are we, Ironborn? They did that, right? Yeah. But they really did it. They like really did it. Yeah, they like drowned them on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we just gotta kill crabs with our with our teeth. <laughs> oh yeah, just gotta kill crabs with our teeth. <laughs> I've been begging you guys to let me make a church for years. Not until we find a meteor. There's one in my backyard right now. I can't let y'all see it. This this has got real Joseph Smith vibes. Is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> this is Mikey from Horror Virgin. I practiced this ad for Factor in my car today. <laughs> Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mikey from Harm Virgin here. <laughs> Talk about Factor. <laughs> Nailed it. I have used Factor on and off the last couple of years, uh, especially since 2020. My work is very busy. I have a very busy day job. He does. I have a very busy hobby uh-huh. slash second job called podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so much work for you. <laughs> Eating healthy is hard. Cooking, I'm single. <laughs> cooking single is hard. And I've loved Factor. Other people, they ship you ingredients. You have to cook them. It takes a long time. Factor. They ship you fresh, never frozen meals. And it always only takes two minutes, which is like my favorite thing. I never have to think about how long it has to go in the microwave. It's two minutes. That's what my dating profile says. Always two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's helped me eat healthier, though. They have a bunch of like dietary options, like low calorie or protein or keto. Is it keto? Keto? Mikey, you've said it wrong so many times. I'm not sure if I remember how to say it right. It's keto, right? Keto. No, it's keto. It's keto. But anyway, Factor's amazing. So just head to factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50 and use code horrorvirgin50 to get how much percentage off, Mikey? Were you paying attention? 50. Damn. 50% off. Literally half off. That's code horrorvirgin50 at factormeals.com slash horrorvirgin50. To get 50% off. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So we, it does appear that they die, but then it looks like they walk back up onto the beach and he's at home. But we're only seeing like smoke come up, um, right, like, like the right. movie, the fog. Right. And then yeah. them like, in shadow we don't see them until like i don't know like five minutes after we realize what's happening yeah this movie is so slowly paced yeah well and leslie nielsen at one point is like having flashbacks to when ted danson was like about to drown he was like i'm gonna get you motherfucker and you're like how like how what are you i mean he does get him though Paige. he does indeed because leslie nielsen goes to take a shower in like a nice bathroom. Like, I love that bathtub. He's very rich. His house is very nice. He owns that whole, like, area. And he's got, like, a conversation pit with a cool-ass, like, fireplace. I was digging that house. <laughs> I hope those ghosts just, like, stay and haunt that house because, like, it seems nice. Yeah, it's great. Anyway, he does go check to see that, like, they've drowned, but he can't find their bodies. And he's like, well, the, the you know, tide must have carried them out. But... Missed in his house, and we can see on the monitors that, like, even though we see the ghosts walking around the house, it's not showing up on the monitors. So 
we do get a shot of his aquarium as the ghosts pass and the fish seem to like run and I'm like, stupid fish, you're in an aquarium. <laughs> like, where are you going to run to? <laughs> you dumb fish. But they attack him and are like, we, 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 we want to be, <laughs> sorry, my brain broke for a second. <laughs> <laughs> we want to bury you out to sea. Come see us at the beach. And they're like asking nicely, but I'm like, dude, no. But we cut to, he runs and locks the door. They follow him. We cut to the beach where he is then buried up to his neck and is like, I can hold my breath for a long time. (laughs) It does feel like that, though. Yeah. It's kind of like I watched a bunch of SpongeBob in the hotel in Hawaii because I couldn't figure out the other channels. And it kind of felt like that, where it's just these like 15 minute vignettes. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, half of them. I liked half of them. Right. This is the only vignette that I found like creepy because I keep wanting to say Liam Neeson. No, I get that. Leslie. Leslie Nielsen. Because Leslie Nielsen is like, convincingly creepy but if it was Liam Neeson I have a particular set of shovels (laughs) (laughs) and crab legs that we can dig out of these holes with Uh, 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 oh god Leslie doesn't it great though he was really creepy I wish he was a serial killer and a different thing me too man he was such a great actor because he does some very very funny stuff throughout the majority of his later career yeah but from what I understand like his earlier work was all pretty much serious and he nailed that serious role in this movie yeah anyway we cut to the next story where we see a janitor who drops a coin and chases it under a stairs and we cut to a professor thing like a mixer where they're like meeting new professors or whatever. And we meet Henry and his wife, Wilma, who goes by Billy, played by Adrian Barbeau. And Billy might be my favorite character. <laughs> Billy is unhinged. And I think it's the lady <laughs> who is in The Fog, right? Uh, yes, Adrian Barbeau was in The Fog. I thought so. I thought Adrian Barbeau was in The Fog. Yeah. So when I yeah. saw her, I was like, oh, awesome. I loved her in The Fog. And then I also loved her in this movie, but you sort of like, she sort of hate her character a little bit. Right. I don't hate her. Ca- I mean, she, I understand why other people do. She's very bad to her husband. Yes. I don't think she deserves what she gets, but sure. she does treat him like shit. Yeah. Oh, here's the thing. I understand why other people don't like her. And she drunk drives with an open container. This was the eighties. I'm not even sure that was illegal back then. I don't know. But if I saw her at a party, I'd be like, that's who I'm hanging out with because she seems like a good ass time. Like you just watch the train wreck happen. Yeah, I would definitely post up as close as possible to overhear, but not be in her group. Yes. But largely because I don't want to be held for questioning when the police show up. No, mm-mm. I'll just be like, she seems so nice. I don't know why anyone would want to feed her to a box. Anyway, we we meet. Like Dex, who's one of the professors, and Henry and a couple others. And we also see that Dex is involved with a student. Yeah. Mm. Everyone in this is a bad person. Yeah. Not the Sasquatch. He's just living his life. The Sasquatch is the real hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mini Sass. Mini Sass. He's not very tall. He's a short king. He is a little foot. <laughs> <laughs> He ain't no Bigfoot, baby. <laughs> Again, I think he was sold in half by a magician in the Antarctic and <laughs> was shipped today. We don't ever see his feet. Also, Littlefoot just makes me think of Land Before Time. Yeah, that's sad because his mom died. Littlefoot's mom died. Nobody feels bad for Bambi because he's not lizard-shaped. <laughs> I think people definitely <laughs> feel bad for Bambi. Feels bad for Bambi. <laughs> 
<laughs> and and Dumbo, like damn, why'd you have to call him dumb? Bo's a good elephant. <laughs> Bo's Shit. a good elephant. I don't get why they're so negative to him. That whole movie, Bo was just trying to make it without his mom, and they're like, Dumbo. I ain't seen an elephant fly, Dumbo. Um, <laughs> damn, it's like you know, someone gives you a nickname and it sticks the whole Disney movie. You're like, fuck. That's why I've been rampaged since college. Hell uh, yeah, that's a good one though. That's a good one. But yeah, I'm just now I'm just picturing his mom's trunk out of the jail cell to like rock him to sleep, and it's the saddest thing that's ever been put on film. Yeah, why'd they let his mom live? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just sure. <laughs> she should have made them a cake. People love cakes <laughs> to kill. Elephants love cakes. Now I would like the first vignette with just a little elephant banging this king with his trunk. <laughs> okay, so Babar's dad? Did anyone else watch Babar? No? Okay. I always thought it was pronounced Babar. It might Babar. be. I honestly have no idea what's right. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know. Anyway, so Dex, the one who's involved with the student, gets a phone call from the janitor who's just like, hey, yo, there's something down here in a cage. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll come check it out. I mean, he's probably like, it's probably some old National Geographics. And the janitor's like, no, nah, it like says 1834 Arctic Expedition. Like, yeah. And that's why he's like, oh, that is old timey sounding. I'll come right down. Yep. Meanwhile, we watch as Henry fantasizes about shooting Wilma. And I do love this fantasy vignette because he gets her right between the eyes and everyone just slow claps. Yeah. Very funny. They leave. They go home. Uh, meanwhile, we get back to the crate. They open it up and they're just like, there is something in there. We cut to Henry and Billy's house where she's just like, yo, before you play chess or whatever with your friend, could you do the fucking dishes, you <laughs> asshole? <laughs> like, it's it's the way she's asking. It is, yeah. Like, I do think what she's asking him to do is reasonable. I think it's the abusive way in which she asks it yes. that makes her a terrible person. Again, love this actress, and she does an amazing job at this role. <laughs> but she's I terrible. I was kind of rooting for her the whole time. Oh, I didn't want her to die. No, uh, especially once his original plan seems to have failed and she just trash talks him about that. That shit was, was so like, funny. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so they open the crate and an arm reaches out and tears off the janitor's arm and then pulls his whole body into the crate and eats it. Yeah. Like in front of, I think his name is like Dex or Professor Dex, Dex or whatever. The, yeah. The, the, the mayor from Jaws. It is the mayor from Jaws. Yeah. So do you think he's going to close that classroom or leave it open because <laughs> it's spring break? They need that <laughs> revenue for the town, <laughs> Paige. Yeah, for you the just town. can't leave a classroom closed on July 4th. No. So he runs up, runs into another guy, and the guy's like, hey, man, you sound fucking crazy. It sounds like you've been having a toot. And I was like, what does farting have to do with this? <laughs> I, I actually did wonder to myself, did toot mean something different in the 80s? <laughs> yeah, man. Know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're saying. That's the a problem. A toot is like a party back in then. <laughs> is oh, it? okay. You've been having a hell of a toot. Have I? I did eat beans earlier. <laughs> that ain't no party, baby. Ah, a spell of drinking and lively enjoyment. A spree. Oh. Okay, so I've always assumed they were saying it was a hoot with an H. I mean, I also say hoot. Hoot also exists. Okay. Yeah, especially if your party is full of owls. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, yo, that party was so farty. Like, that sounds <laughs> so insane. To Whatever. I'm going to start saying having a toot uh, because I like it. Yeah. 
<laughs> but then not explain it to people and be like at a bar and be like, y'all want to have a toot? And for them to be like, what? No, I'm going to be like aggressively shit faced and be like, I'm having a toot. <laughs> well, if you're shit faced and you're going to have a toot, you might want to watch out. That's a bit of a gamble. You might end up with a shardy instead of a party. And you've lost that battle before, Mikey. <laughs> Not drunk. <laughs> oh, That's even worse. worse. You did it sober. Worse. Look, it was one time. And it was unfortunately after you showered. I thought you and thousands of people would be a safe place for this. <laughs> They'd keep it a secret. What was weird is his bathroom was covered in moss when he came back to clean it up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the meteor was in you the whole time, Mikey. Mikey, why didn't you bring it to us so we could have started the religion and gotten a break on taxes? <laughs> this meteor smells like shit, Paige. <laughs> Guys, I make those meteors every 8 to 12 hours. <laughs> Which means we can sell them. Guys, if you want your very own Mikey meteor, please send uh, $79.99 to the P.O. box and I will send you... Shit, like Mikey's shit. For $20 more, I'll eat corn. <laughs> That's right. For the low, low price of $99.99, you too could have a corn-based Mikey shit or yeah. meteor in the ch-ch-ch-church of the meteor. This is the high-quality film criticism Paige went to college for. Yeah, Paige. Yes. Man, I bet paying those student loans to film school breaks your heart every time you talk to Mikey and me. I did not have loans oh you're so lucky that's so great okay but here's the i did not have student loans but i do believe in student loan forgiveness for everyone who did yeah because Same i page. feel like it's a good way to stimulate our economy and the price of of school has risen exponentially without the price of wages wage rising and unlike the bank bailout in 2008 it would actually help the economy recover yep as a landowner you should be for it too because you're not Fuck like them, I got mine, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. You're not that kind of landowner, Mikey. Oh, oh, oh. I I do believe it would help the economy overall. Yeah, no it absolutely would. Anyway, I still think anybody should have their loan, you know, education so should too. be free. The smarter the people the better. Yeah, I I do think that widely educating people is a rising tide that lifts all boats. Yeah. And so is global warming. Ice caps are <laughs> melting. All the boats are rising. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry that's fucked up uh, okay anyway this guy who was like you were having a bit of a toot i'm gonna go down and see what the toot is up under these stairs and he goes down there and he's like there ain't nothing down here ah! and like immediately gets neck bitten and face slashed it's honestly really cool effects for 82 like i was into it yeah oh yeah this tom was cool. savini yeah. fucking you know nailing it yes so dex runs to henry's house and he's just like oh my god people are dead there's a monster in the thing and here's where this gets crazy for me because everyone who hears dex is like he's having a toot he doesn't know like he's you know drunk or crazy or whatever but henry is just like i'm gonna bank on the fact that this monster is real and feed my wife to it like that he immediately decides this plan Do you know how bad your marriage is for you to jump on a plan this terrible this is 
so bad. It's the fact that it works is wild. It's pretty terrible. It is, but I'm also just like, it was such a gamble. Oh, Like, yeah. if you're going to kill a person, you really want to have more insurance than this. Yeah, I mean, Todd, I'm honestly impressed that they pulled it off. I mean, like, this is yeah. the most weirdest elaborate murder I've ever seen on film. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was only by the meteor's light that they were able to pull it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Long may it glow. Yes. The meteor <laughs> gave them a crab claw in the shape of a half a Sasquatch in a box, and they <laughs> used it to dig themselves out. When the world gives you crab make rangoons yeah uh anyway so he goes and cleans up the crime scene and how he doesn't get killed cleaning up the crime scene is a bit of a mystery but he does cleans up the crime scene and then writes a note saying that dex has like beaten one of the students he was sleeping with and he needs wilma's help to come clear it up wilma his wife who goes by billy we've wilma we call, goes yeah by we billy. call her billy the majority of the time so i just want to clarify who it is but yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah she shows up at the house reads the note and is like "Ooh, and i'm i might remind you shows up drunk at the house like she already drove home drunk yes then she pours herself a giant glass of milk and some sort of alcohol i assume that's a white russian right is that not a no. white russian okay i thought a white russian was like milk and vodka although i'm the one who do- has never drank i mean i, have no I idea. guess maybe I, it's a giant one. Oh yeah like it is not in a shot glass or anything no it's like in a full on yeah. like tall glass but it's also it's usually Kahlua there's usually Kahlua in it as well okay yeah I mean I believe you I don't know I don't know it was a strange mixture but so she's got like a pint glass of it she gets in the car she drives there I don't think I trust adults who drink milk oh you mean just like a glass of milk yeah my dad is a milk guy but I've never enjoyed drinking milk it's only a cereal thing for me Yeah, it's a cereal thing yeah I've never like I've never been like you know what I want to pour big glass of milk if I have done a big glass of milk I just want to put Oreos in it or cookies every every once in a while I'll say maybe once a year I'm at like a donut shop or something in the morning and a cold thing of milk sounds amazing. I think it's because it's the sweet yes. milk mixture, right? Like, I love Oreos and milk, and I'll drink a glass of milk while I'm doing the Oreo stuff, right? Yeah. Over the course of, you know, eating those Oreos, I'll have drunk the whole glass of milk. But I don't like it on its own. Like, I would never come back from, like, no. a day at the office and be like, I need a tall glass of milk. No. Ugh. Yeah. I only drink the milk that the meteor provides. Gatorade? Brondo. I actually would assume it would be more like a monster energy drink kind of vibe inside <laughs> the meteor milk. But just yeah. antifreeze colored and antifreeze flavored. Oh, so Gatorade. Yeah, Gatorade. <laughs> I do prefer that it, it like if it was monster, that'd be even better. Uh yeah. but yeah. Anyway, she gets there and walks in with a half full drink. So she drove with a glass. Yeah. At a time before cup holders were a thing. <laughs> she held that bitch the whole time. She held that bitch the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was illegal or not to drive this way in the 80s. I don't know. The vibe I get from the 80s is that it was completely fine to drive with an open container. The first DUI laws in the U.S. in all 50 states it was 1988. Good Lord, that is after this. Yeah, That's six yeah years it might have after been legal. This. Good <laughs> lord. Anyway, she makes it with a half of the glass or whatever, and he's like laughing at her and forces her under the stairs, and nothing happens. And she just starts like roasting the shit out of him, which I love. And she's so good. She is really great in this movie. She is great. She's amazing. And she she's like 
bad in bed, balls for earrings, like a whole night. <laughs> and then it comes out and eats her and she screams and he just says, tell it to call you Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Which seems like a weird thing to be petty about when you're murdering your wife. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just going to respect their, you know, their journey. Okay. What? <laughs> I mean, it makes like, no sense. If you're gonna kill your wife, you're gonna have some really petty, weird thing that no one else is gonna understand. Besides, outside the the context of their marriage, you know. Okay, but I don't respect the journey of a man killing his wife. Fair, but if it's by a Sasquatch, I'm back in. It's a little squatch. It's little squatch. <laughs> That's my yeah, favorite. That's part half of a Sasquatch it. page. I'd watch anybody murder anybody with that thing. <laughs> I mean, it is funny. That's a that's a little squatch. Little squatch sounds like what Mikey did down onto the floor of his bathroom. <laughs> that actually is. Oh, you true. mean when the meteor first landed, Paige? <laughs> <laughs> Call it the splat. <laughs> Guys, I am filing paperwork tonight for the no. Cha Cha Church of the Meteor. <laughs> church of the Meteor should be the name of our production company. <laughs> we do need to come up with another I'm, one. I'm not. Not opposed to but, that just being the name but our lawyer is gonna be like uh i'm sorry your company name can't look like a line from the movie the king's speech yeah <laughs> but so he grabs a couple padlocks he locks the chains up and he dumps it into the quarry and he wakes dex up who he drugged by the way he fully roofies dex he does when he goes and does this yes i mean he's a college professor He's got roofies on hand. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the vibe both of them have, though, because yes, Dex did yes. sort of allude to something like that. They're probably Quaaludes back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got ludes, ludes, bro. Ludes. Now I just call him Chris Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> Paige, Don't you I'm dare. so sorry. Don't you I'm dare so slander sorry. the name of Ludacris in so my sorry. presence. I'm so sorry. He's got hoes in different area codes. What do you have? I mean, I honestly just prefer Chris Bridges' acting work. <laughs> he is a great actor. Where's he's, his EGOT? He's so... I mean, dude might get one one day. Like, I'm not going to lie. His character arc on Law & Order SVU, I was like, fuck, oh, this dude so can good. actually act. I've got C words in different countries. What? Cunts in different countries. No, I heard what he said. I just don't know why he said it. Because Ludacris has hoes in different area codes. Have you never heard that song? No, I have. Were <laughs> oh, you just trying okay. to come up with like the Florida Georgia line version of that song? Oh, you mean the better one? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. I got C words in every country. Sorry. Get out! <laughs> area codes is a classic, and it lists so many area codes. My favorite part of that song is when it just devolves into like 201, 213, <laughs> and you're just like, all right, okay. According to my religion, that that is actually a number station related song. <laughs> <laughs> so it's code that is the code to breaking down those what, what russian number stations whatever they are yes yeah uh it says here that he bangs cock in bangkok uh <laughs> this is the dumbest episode i'm never gonna make minute. it to taco bell before they close at 1 a.m at this rate Oh, I'm sorry. You're not going to get your one hard taco. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a cheesy roll up. I'll lick the side of a Mexican pizza just for the flavor. I'm going to ask for just two slices. Can I get uh, two slices of a Mexican pizza? <laughs> Some of a Mexican pizza. Would you, like, would you like sauce, sir? No, thank you. I'm almost full. 
One order of chips and cheese, please. <laughs> I like to smell a quesarito. You know what? I like the the uh, steak double grilled cheese burrito. Fuck. I might I might go to talk about this too. I know. Honestly, it sounds fucking. It, it really Mikey, does sound good. Anyway. Come over. Let's do a late night Taco Bell run. You're too far. I know. This guy. I go to like meet him at his office to pick something up. He comes out. He's like, "What? The top's not down." It's like cloudy and like kind of rainy and i was like what it is warm <laughs> it was not that cloudy it was raining but <laughs> i just played it off i was like no nah, man not today i'm just taking it easy <laughs> i don't want you to see how many bags of taco bell i have back there i'll take three used napkins from the dining room <laughs> <laughs> just to sniff. Just for sniffing. I call it the TB vapors. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you wake me up from a coma. <laughs> just waving the smell of Taco Bell under my nose. Unhinged. It's just unhinged. <laughs> like we've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the movie's disjointed. I didn't... <laughs> yeah. So the two guys, Dex and Henry, are just like, oh, so we're just not going to talk about the murder. Uh-huh. And you owe me chess games. Oh, right. Oh. And that's the end of that vignette. Yeah. Ba-da-ba-ba-da, chess. <laughs> well, no, the Sasquatch escapes. Oh, that's right. The Sasquatch escapes in the water. Yeah. Because he does padlock him up and throw him in a quarry, right? Yeah. A quarry. A quarry. But we don't see him actually get out of the box. We see it like breaking apart and then it yeah. just shows like a close up of the puppet's eyes. And I was like, yes. Yes. I want this puppet. It doesn't have to be like full size. <laughs> yes. But I would take like a, a 12 inch version of this puppet. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, that Tasquatch can't swim. So if the scene I, I was wondering, drown, I was just like, it's right from an it. Arctic climate. Yeah. So <laughs> Lieutenant Sasquatch ain't got no legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What is happening this episode? <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> it's a mate. The force gum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh god damn you the hell anyway the last <laughs> vignette is just like a rich scrooge uh that have has a fuck ton of roaches and that's like the whole thing <laughs> yeah i don't really understand what happened in the vignette i know that he had a cup holder that sucks roaches down yeah it's like a little <laughs> trash chute yeah uh, and and he has like he tries to have a germ-free apartment and he's a stock like a some stock brokery thing like a corporate shark taking over businesses and he took over a guy's business and that guy killed him uh, that guy died by suicide yes um and he doesn't care but he's also desperately trying to get rid of all these bugs in his apartment and yes. then eventually is eaten alive by the bugs and they come out of his skin and it's really gross unfortunately the business he bought was a roach motel <laughs> <laughs> he, you just bankrupted all the exterminators in town yeah but just more and more roaches show up and then they kill him, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's it. <laughs> I didn't pay a lot of attention, but he looked like he lived in a spaceship and I liked that. <laughs> that was pretty cool. A spaceship with a jukebox for some reason. I 100% think eight-year-old Mikey is the same as 38-year-old Mikey or however <laughs> old you are. Like, it, like me me mentality-wise, like, it's the same. He's like, I don't know. 
It was like spaceship looking and that was cool. <laughs> I I really wanted him to like say to one of the large roaches and just be like, my boy, what day is it? And have the roach be like, it's Christmas day, sir. <laughs> Find me the largest goose. Like that's what I wanted, really. Uh, what we got was the scarab scene from the mummy, but just way slower. Yes. Although it looked pretty good for the 80s. Like, yes. Tom Savini does some very solid work in this movie. Most of those roaches are real to burn a fun Oh, I'm not surprised by that. Like, normally when you see bug scenes like that, 80% of them are, like, plastic. And then you see some moving, but, like, all of them were moving in in these shots. I don't understand how that man made so much money in his room manufacturing fizzy lifting drinks. (laughs) (laughs) So we cut back to Tom Atkins and his abusive relationship with his son. And the next day he's like, my neck hurts from beating on that kid so much. And it's like, oh no, it's actually the voodoo doll. But we did get to see Tom Savini as a garbage man. And that was pretty fun. That was fun. But it's the whole voodoo doll is set up because they're looking through the comic. The trash men are right. Yes. And he's like, oh, I love these things. And like, oh, they got things you can send away for. And one of them is the voodoo doll that's already been sent away for. And then it cuts right. back to Tom Atkins son stabbing the voodoo doll right. while Tom Atkins dies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, ready for another shot, Dad? Yeah. And that's that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Creepshow? Do you think a funny sketch would be like Willy Wonka and then like goes to the kids like, I'm Galustus Gloop and I'm Gloopy, you know? And then it's like, I'm Veronica Salt and I'm Salty. And then it's like, I'm Mike TV and I love TV. And it's like, I'm Mikey the Masturbator. I love that Mikey the Masturbator was the fifth one, not the third one. <laughs> but also, also, I love that there were two mics because it was Mike TV. And that was the only name you remembered correctly because it's also your name as opposed to Augustus Gloop and Veruca Salt. The band Veruca Salt? <laughs> the band is named after the character in the movie. Augustus, like the emperor? The yes. emperor got his yes. name Yes, like really Emperor wrong. Augustus. <laughs> He'll be turned into marshmallows in five seconds. <laughs> Creep show. Give me some thoughts, Gus. Oh, that's pretty cool. It is cool. It makes me want to go watch a bunch of Twilight Zone. It would be a good movie to start your kids on horror. If you want, like, your yeah. kids want to watch a horror movie, I think it would be good. If we're going to have honest conversation. And to be like, <laughs> I don't hit you. See, I'm a good, I'm a yeah, good I parent. I let you read comic books. I let you yeah. read comic books. I'm like books. Tom Atkins' abused wife. <laughs> I let you read comic books. He's so bad to his wife in this movie. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. I now know why they got divorced before the events that happened in Halloween 3. Yeah. I'm surprised he bought his kids masks when he didn't want them reading comic books. Well, he felt guilty after the divorce. Yeah. He changed his ways. He started drinking more, which helped the aggression. <laughs> yeah, but then he needed the comic books. That's why he's always saying, thrill me. Oh, mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. the expanded Tom Atkins universe. I honestly sort of dug this movie, although I'll probably never watch it again. Like, there are parts of it that are just so slow that it's like, oh my God, it's like a slog to get through. But it is mm-hmm. very, like, silly 1950s feeling horror to me i think it's supposed to feel like the pulp comics yes i think this does set up the fact that we have to do creep show 2 the scary one according to mikey well it scared me as a child i don't know what it will be like today (laughs) we'll find out (laughs) next week no No. okay 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 well Paige, do you have any fun facts for us i do well hit us with your fun facts meteor fun Fun facts (laughs) 
Leslie Nielsen, in between takes, had a fart machine in his pocket that would he would play during rehearsals right before George A. Romero called action, causing all of the other actors in the scene to break multiple times. <laughs> so like he would do he would rehearse the scene completely straight faced, but just seemingly constantly farting. Oh Jesus. <laughs> and then do it real for when the cameras were on. I find that really funny. On the corpse's eyes in Father's Day, they used Rice Krispies to look like maggots, and they combined that with real maggots. Oh, don't like that. Yeah. Protein bars. George A. Romero uh, told Stephen King to play Geordie like Wiley Coyote in the way that he looks while he goes off a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I mean, if that's his direction, I think he did okay. He nailed it, maybe. This is the only George Romero film to open at number one in the box office at the time. Oh, what a crime. Wow, okay. I know, because there are uh, many other better ones. The creature in the crate was nicknamed Fluffy. Yes, he was. Yes, he was Fluffy. (laughs) Yes, he was Fluffy. Uh, And he's the first fully animatronic creature that Tom Savini created. Okay. Yeah, Tom Savini reached out to Rob Botton, who had worked on The Thing, The Howling, and Total Recall. Uh, Total Recall, obviously, after this, but at the time, The Thing in the Howling. Sure, yeah. He had a pretty impressive yeah. resume before that. Yeah. Yeah, to get advice on on how to build it, uh, and that's how we get Fluffy. Love it. I did love Fluffy. He's great. I did love Fluffy. The music on the jukebox in the last vignette is actually the same instrumental that plays over the ending credits of Evil Dead, the original from <gasps> 1981. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. During a break in filming, Stephen King took his son to McDonald's as a joke, and Joe was made up with bruises, cuts, and scabs for fun. Uh, but the girl at the McDonald's drive-thru did not think it was fun and called the cops. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, Stephen King had an allergic reaction to the makeup he had to wear in his scenes. Uh, and it was so bad that they had to give him shots like uh, histamine blockers which is kind of the shots that I take for my asthma. It's kind of similar. Sure. Um, but shots and oral medication, usually steroids, so that it would be bearable for him to wear the prosthetics, um, which is brutal. And like, I feel it made me feel bad for thinking he had done badly <laughs> because I'm like, that sounds terrible. That sounds so awful. Uh, we talked about how Tom Savini is one of the garbage men, of course. Yeah. Now, uh, in a Creepshow special feature uh, from Cinefantastique magazine, Ooh. when this movie came out, they revealed that the film's final story had actually proven too difficult and ambitious to film in its original form. They had originally written it to be a plush apartment with carpets and curtains, and they couldn't because of the roaches. But at a certain point, they were kind of at a like go or no go where they were like, if we can't pull this off with the roaches, then they were going to sub it with the story, The Hitchhiker, which ends up being the final story of Creep Show 2. Okay. So, and Creep Show 2 is directed by Romero's cinematographer on this movie, Michael Gornick. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, ultimately, they were able to make the roaches work, but they needed the room to basically be empty in order for that to happen because they had to collect all the roaches after. And there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of roaches. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Two of the characters in the film, Tabitha and Richard, who are the new professors, they are named for Tabitha King, Stephen King's wife at the time, and Richard Bachman, who was his ghostwriting name uh, back in the day. Uh, so that's why they're named Tabitha and Richard. Okay. So the comic book used in the film was drawn and inked by veteran artist Jack Kamen. 
Uh, he was one of the artists for the original EC crime and horror comics of the 1950s. No oh. shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he also created the comic book style poster for the film. Uh, and it was featured on the front of the Creepshow comic book adaptation for the movie. Uh, originally, Stephen King wanted Graham Ingalls, who was another artist from the period, who was also famous for working on those same comics. Uh, but he refused. Ultimately, the head of EC Comics, William Gaines, suggested Jack Kamen do it instead and Kamen accepted. And I think the movie is better for it because it looks amazing. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. I really like that stuff in this movie. Yeah. S Stephen King and George Romero are good friends and they had always wanted to work together. So this is their first time. If you'll remember from Maximum Overdrive, Romero steps in to direct a huge section of Maximum Overdrive while Stephen King is in rehab. So this is a, a relationship that kind of occurs throughout the 80s. Yeah. Now, in Irish, the word for whiskey is water of life. And potentially, this is a nod to... In the movie, the whiskey waking the guy up is a nod to James Joyce's book, Finnegan's Wake. Uh, in the book, a builder falls from a ladder and breaks his skull, but is revived when someone spills whiskey on his corpse at the wake. Um, now, that story <laughs> okay. is actually based on an old Dublin street ballad. So it's based on a drinking <laughs> song. So potentially a drinking song inspired a book which inspired this vignette, uh, potentially. Warner Brothers tried a brand new release strategy for this film that ended up being hugely successful. They booked a ton of theaters in and around Boston in July of 1982 and saw that the movie did great and did good word of mouth. And then they ended the limited run. They then moved the film from its October release date to early November because they knew that it was coming out against one of the rival horror films of the time, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, also Ooh. starring Tom Atkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they believed that Halloween 3, Season of the Witch was not going to do well. And so they basically pushed it out by a week or two. And so they guessed correctly that the horror film market would be open for a new film right after because people would not have been satisfied with Halloween 3. And they felt like Creepshow would do considerable business in the final months of 1982 and they were correct. That's how this movie ends up being number one, briefly. Yeah, we'll talk about that. But you're right. It is number one in this first week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stephen King carried a little toy action figure of Greedo from Star Wars on the creep show set for good luck. Okay. Awesome. Wherever he went. Apparently that worked, I guess. Uh, so Castle Rock appears in uh, the Jordy Verrill story vignette. Castle Rock is a fictitious town from Stephen King works. Isn't that also now his production company name or maybe even was at the time? Like Castle Rock Entertainment or something like that? Castle Rock is one of the names he uses in like a lot of stories. Like Needful yeah. Things is set place in Castle Rock and so is... Um... Yeah. Just to clarify, Castle Rock Entertainment does exist and was founded in, in 1987, but he was not one of the founders. Okay. So it, it just has a similar name. It's not related. Well, I think it does produce a lot of his stuff, though. So it's R Rob Reiner's company is Castle Rock Entertainment, and he did name okay. it after the fictional town in Maine. Uh, that is in a lot of Stephen King films. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so the name of the skeleton at the beginning in the window, the, the animatronic one, is nicknamed Raul. So we have Fluffy and Raul. I love that. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, in the beginning of this movie, uh, when Tom Atkins is scolding slash abusing his son for reading comic <laughs> magazines... And his son says that's no worse than what's in the porno magazines his father has. This is a nod to the fact that Stephen King got to start writing horror stories for porno magazines. And 
Those are your fun facts. Well, oh. thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So what do you think the production budget was for Creep Show in 1982? $7 million. Okay. Paige, do you know or I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little higher and say ten million just based on who's in it. Okay, yeah. So it actually is closer to Mikey, but they're very good guesses. It was eight million dollars. Uh, and if you adjust that from inflation from eighty two to today, that eight million dollars would be roughly twenty five point one million dollars today. Now this movie did premiere on November twelfth, nineteen eighty two, and as Paige said it was number one in theaters that week it beat first blood that was number two in the theater that week that had been out for four weeks number three was et the extraterrestrial that had been out for 23 weeks officer and a gentleman was number four that had been out for 16 weeks and a movie i don't know called the missionary was number five uh and that had only been out two weeks but what do you think creep show made in its opening weekend Five million. I'm going to say eight million. Okay. So uh, the number that I have is $5.8 million in its opening weekend. Yeah. So it did really well. Um, It didn't make its budget back in its opening weekend, but it eventually did. We'll get there. Uh, In its second week, it was number three at the box office. In its third week and fourth week, it was fifth at the box office. And then it slowly trickled out of the box office. But it was in theaters from November 12th. To December 24th, 82. So it was in for almost two months, it looks like. So what do you think it brought in? And I'll say it's worldwide because it did not get an international release. What do you think it brought in while it was in theaters? 33? I'm going to say 21. Paige, you are way closer. It was 20.0 million dollars. So 20 million dollars. If you adjust that for inflation, that would be 62.9 million dollars today. But on an 8 million dollar budget, it made 20. So it made plenty of money in theaters. And then, of course, I'm sure it sold on VHS and then DVD and then streaming. And so it's made money over the years for sure. I mean, they made a sequel shortly after this one. So. But that is your box office. So, Mikey, do you want to hit him with that scary scale? Yeah, our scary scale is a scale of 1 to 10 of how scary we found the film. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think I know what everybody's going to say. You so, should. Paige. That's a one. That's a one for me. It is a one for me as well, my friend. Uh, a one for me as well, and that's the scary scale. Yes, it is. So, this week, we watched Creep Show. What are you all making us watch next week? So at the end of last week's episode, we announced that we had a very special guest and they picked a movie and it was going to be It Comes at Night. But because that special guest had to reschedule when we record that episode, we're going to go ahead and do another movie we picked to do this month. And that movie is the original Pet Cemetery. So your homework for next week is to watch the original Pet Cemetery, and then just check back next week for that very special, although Mikey-less, because he'll be on vacation episode. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? There's so many new ones. Well, pick one of the new ones, Mikey. All right, I'm going to do Husker for Life 109. Husker for Life 109. Love it. They say, I love this show. I've been listening to this podcast every day for the past two months, and I'm almost caught up. Jeez. That's that's a lot of episodes to get through. That's amazing. Thank you. That's awesome. Glad you like it. I love the dynamic of all the hosts and the guests that come on the show. Yay. My favorite sentence of this review. I would have never watched House 2 if not for this podcast. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) This has quickly become my favorite podcast along Double Toasted. P.S. I love sliders too, Todd. 
Todd, Aww. he uses an S. Todd loves slider one. <laughs> oh wait, there's not a food. There's not a food. There's like the show slider. I think it's sliders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like little burgers too, but I thought they were talking about <laughs> sliders. The show. I mix them up sometimes. <laughs> Honestly, Mikey, we should get together and watch sliders while eating sliders. I don't know if that show holds up. Anyway, five stars. It doesn't. Husker for Life, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including Tim. TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. Literally, we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode brought to you by Jonathan. Jonathan wants me to make you guys watch some videos. So I'm going to grab a video that he sent me recently. And uh, we will watch that together and discuss. All right, you guys ready? Here it is. Oh, this is the LeVar Burton on the um, yeah. the problem with Jon Stewart. Yes. Which is his new Apple, The Daily Show. Love it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love LeVar oh. Burton. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> It's like if Reading Rainbow was in Florida currently. Yes. <laughs> I love that LeVar Burton clearly records these from like just his office <laughs> and sends yeah, them yeah, in yeah, yeah. and they play them. I met him once. Oh, did you? Yeah. He, was he nice. seems like a super nice guy. I don't know if he is. But I went to a Star Trek convention in town. Mikey, that is the most Mikey thing I've ever heard. But was, he was nice. Yeah. Of course, I've only heard nice things about him. That doesn't surprise me. Well, Jonathan, you were also nice. Thank you for the support and that video. This episode was also brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager has been like just driving her crazy. So, how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? She keeps pouring whiskey on graves. <laughs> <laughs> Quit trying to wake the dead, Tia's teenager. That's irresponsible. <laughs> we now return you to another episode of uh, The, the Patreonicals. Patreonicals.
Hit it, Mikey. And by it, I mean women. No, <laughs> he's not like Tom Atkins. No, no, no. Your pronouns are listen and up. <laughs> that is like a boomer thing to say. You're right. Um, Here we are. We made it to the center of the galaxy. Yay. Holy shit, we're here? We did it. It is this about is the- time. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I've been mentally preparing for this for the last four, five, six seconds now. <laughs> that is accurate. Who's at the big middle of the universe? It's me, Mikey, the God. And and <laughs> the, <laughs> the God. And um the Santa Maria reaches it first and it's like a big uh it's like Star Trek for the undiscovered country where I'm like kind of come up out of the rocks and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa. It's me, Mikey, the God." <laughs> and um we we have to come up with another name that's not Mikey, comma, the God. I'm sorry, you want to do this? Oh, no, you're on it. You got it. We'll call you whatever you want. (laughs) You just call me MTG. Yeah, that's the only MTG I care about. (laughs) Mikey Cobb of the God. And uh, Isaac approaches first, and I said, Isaac, you've done really well learning not to eat people. Of course. Yeah, great job. And then Kate comes out, and I'm like, Kate, your psychic powers have helped a lot of people. You've done great. Karun and Natasha come out, and they're like, crying because our whole civilization is dead and they're like mikey the god you're gonna <laughs> save my civilization and i was like and they're like why do bad things happen to good people and i'm like <laughs> i might be a deity but i'm not your deity so like maybe you should ask that person those questions right and so what <laughs> happens is dreskel comes in his iron man suit and i was like you've come a long way since being a villain last year and this whole thing <laughs> When this plot line started, uh huh. Allie the mermaid, I said, Allie, for you, I'm going to give you a gift. You can now change to and from being a mermaid at will. <gasps> oh, nice. Stay away from water, though, if you want to keep your legs. But if you want that power, you can't fuck Boezy no more. You can't be together. Oh. <laughs> so he starts crying. Oh, no. Oh, so funny. Is it funny? Jeremy <laughs> <laughs> with the laser eyes comes and he, you know, and I was like, Boom, this one goes to the market, and I cut off another toe. Oh, my God. <laughs> you came in hot with the piggies. Uh, Lauren, the cave person, comes. and um, Tell me what they do. Yeah. I gave them the gift of being able to speak without a caveman voice because I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> it's really the gift that gives back to Mikey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Rage Bomb comes over, does some fireworks, and I said, good job, Mr. Rage Bomb. Yeah, you're really fun to talk about. It's always easy to kind of slide you into stories. Keep up the great work. And <laughs> I um, didn't realize that what we got at the center of the universe was really just like a performance review from your manager. <laughs> <laughs> it's annual <laughs> review time here at the center of the galaxy, not the universe. Garotica, the heavy metal bitch. She like plays Stairway to Heaven on the thing. Hell She's yeah. doing great. Sunzi, the AI robot nanobots. I could have done better with you in this story this year, and I apologize. Maybe next year. <laughs> uh, Maybe. <laughs> Andrew, the last Russian astronaut. Some shit's going to have to happen to you because I feel like your backstory is too boring for me. And also would definitely be a cosmonaut, not an astronaut. It's the same thing, okay? I mean... Yeah. Actually, we're going to do it now. Andrew, you brought them here to the center. You're no longer Russian. They're not popular right now. They're the bad guys again, like the 80s. And so they you are. Yeah. now, <laughs> fuck, I don't know what he's going to be. 
Well, Andrew, you're now a dog. You're you're what? <laughs> I know how he got there. I can tell you right now how Mikey got there. This is how well I know Mikey. He thought Russian astronaut. Uh-huh. And yes. the yes. first yes. animal they sent to space was a dog that died there. Yep. Yeah, Laika. Yeah. But he's not a dog. He's a hypoallergenic golden doodle. And I like uh, his new storyline. Yes. Congratulations, Andrew. You're a dog now. Thanks for bringing all these people here. <laughs> it feels like it's a trap, honestly. <laughs> he don't know that. His tail's a wagon. <laughs> Love everything about this. <laughs> and then he, then and then I get to um Anthony and Captain Bruder come up and they're like, look, we were told to come here to save this shitty story that's been going on way too long. And and then I, Mikey the God, says, you're right. And I'm tired of talking about it. So we're going to change everything. And that's great, they say. <laughs> then, but wait, the Death Star comes and fires all their lasers at me or whatever. And I... At you, Mikey the God? Mikey the God. And I nice. grow to giantness and I smite them down and I snap my fingers and the people appear and I'm like Aaron Moon General the Mun people are awful you're like space Nazis is that too much <laughs> well you're like space Nazis I'm more com- I'm more into it now okay yeah and I rescue Wes the handsome guy and I say Wes you're too handsome you're now average looking you won't be kidnapped again and he cries a tear of joy as he turns uglier <laughs> Because he cries. That's he's just not right. a very pretty crier. That's that's why. Alex, the evil magician, you are a good evil character and will stay. Paige has a crush on you. What? Because you're a magician. No. I don't even remember how Paige is into magicians that bit started. I'm not. <laughs> I started it. So <laughs> Vance serial killer, you're the fucking coolest. Keep killing people. <laughs> I mean, he's undercover HH Holmes, which never came out in this plot line. Yeah. Not this one. That's going to be like a thread that continues in the future. Hell yeah. Okay. I just just figured out what's happening. Okay. It's a good thing we're two thirds of the way done with it. Jennifer with the PH, killing it with your force fields. You're going to be happy too. Libby, the Mun Queen, you're evil. Libby, under your direct orders, those Care Bears were murdered viciously. That's very evil. All right. Well, this storyline's over. We're going to start a new one. I clap my hands. They wake up. They're in the Jetsons city. <laughs> what? They're all standing around confused. And then a hippie looking witch named River Moon comes up. It's like, welcome to the futuristic city of the future. And then the episode ends. Well, I can't wait to find out what happens in the futuristic city of the future on next week's episode of The, the Patreonicals. That's going to be it, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye. I'm getting my ass to Taco Bell, nerds. Yes.